0: the adventures of a librarian-turned-sniper, Liberty Schoenhauer, who finds that aliens started the zombie apocalypse. These things happen. She is aided by the great-uncle Danny Tough as Nails, and together they try and save as many people in the book Liberty's Run. Book one is out now at Amazon and Mythmark, and book two is coming soon in August. Enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on, my little son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to Lupa's Bits. I am your host Lupa and this is episode 96. And yes, I am still in California. Um, It's a sunny day outside, but you know what? As they say, it's always sunny in California. I have a little bit of housekeeping for you. Uh, First of all, I would like to congratulate the five contestants. Five? Five. Five. Our live studio audience is telling me five. He's down for the count today. He's not feeling well. Um our five contestants that are moving on in the open contract challenge, and that is in no particular order Christopher Keene, Haley Wolfe, Cliff Flint, Robert P. Otone, and Rada Deville. Congratulations, you guys. Now the fun begins. <laughs> Alright. Um also, uh, we've started something new. And instead of emailing you the um, newsletter every month, what we are going to do, because I have the ability and I'm good at what I do, <laughs> and thank you, Crystal, um, is the newsletter is going to appear every month on the World of Myth Magazine Facebook page. So you can click on it, you can read it, you can find out what's going on. Um, now, it was brought to my attention that... Um, I don't know how to put this nicely. I'm not sure I know how to put this nicely. There were some Karens that um, had responded to a comment that was made about the minutes of the magazine. And um, somebody who had made the comment ended up being reported and was banned for 24 hours for a simple um, opinion. Now it it was an opinion that has is shared by all <laughs> you know everybody involved in that situation pretty much has the same opinion and uh kind of agrees with the um person who posted and I apologize to that person because they were within their rights to say what they said they shouldn't have been banned because um, the last time I checked, this whole podcast, the magazine and everything, was done in the US of A. And don't y'all claim to have freedom of speech and all that? I do believe that that was a freedom of speech opinion. And it should have allowed to, be, to have stayed. But, you know, Karen got her knickers in a knot and reported the comment. So I'm putting it out there. Yes, we all do want to strangle them. It's quite all right. Okay, so, yeah, you're going to see things in the newsletter in the minutes that you may not agree with. And if you don't, that's fine. If you don't agree with a comment somebody says, that's fine. Try and have an intelligent conversation with that person about their comment. Or move on. Okay? Don't be a Karen. And to all the Karens out there that are listening, you know I love you. (laughs) I do have friends that do have Karen as their name. It's quite funny, but they're definitely not that kind of Karen. Okay, so also, um, as you can see, we have upped our um, level of things that we can do by now adding the newsletter to our Facebook page. That also means that we have upped our advertising capabilities. So if you were on the fence before about advertising with us, um, we have now added our social media where we can advertise your products. You know, you pay for it. We will advertise it on our social media as well. And I will make an ad up for you. I will do a sample, send it to you, you approve it, or you don't. And we go from there. So if you are now considering advertising with us, get a hold of me at... Oh, this is a really long email address. Okay. I'll post it. I will also post this part on all of our pages as well. Um, oh, you can just find me at LupusBits or get a hold of me at, on Facebook Messenger, and we can talk about advertising, because if you've seen the things that are coming out for Myth Mart, for the OCC, for Dark Myth Publications, um, I haven't done anything for New Wave Comics yet, John takes care of that, but we have upped our advertising capabilities and what we can create for you. So, if you want to talk about advertising, get a hold of me, we'll talk. Alright, so that's it for housekeeping. Oh, wait. Hold on. I need to... Hold on. Be right back. Okay, so I actually did get a snippet of housekeeping from our live studio audience. Um, We also are going to be starting to take um, advertising for our comic books that are coming out. You know, you read a comic book and there's that back page with the the sea monkeys and, I don't know, x-ray glasses and stuff like that. That's what I remember from the comic books that I read. Don't look at me like that. Well, ad space. Those were ad space. You could buy the Sea Monkeys. You could buy the X-Ray glasses. You could buy the Dakota ring. Um, and then there was always like an ad advertisement for Ovaltine or Nestle Chocolate Quick or something. So that's what we're talking That's where your ad will go in the magazine. The last, you know, the back page. So... Yeah, start thinking about that. If you want to advertise something, your book, your whatever, we can create that ad for you and get it into our comic books that are going to be launching very, very soon. And we have a few coming out. So if you want to find out more about the comic books, go check out New Wave. They're everywhere. Um, Mostly on Instagram. And uh, yeah, so advertising for that too. We can get you into the hands of a ton of people. We can get your ad seen worldwide. That, I can guarantee you. I can guarantee, I can't guarantee you sales. That is up to you. That is up to the other person, whether they want to buy it or not. But I can guarantee you that I can get you in front of them. So, there you go. All right, moving on. (sighs) Okay, so... As a woman, I need to say something. You know I don't get political on my podcast. You know I don't generally delve into what's happening in the world. I don't touch on sensitive topics. And the last time I touched on a sensitive topic, I got us put on the watch list for a particular um I don't know how to, I, I'm trying to find a way to talk about the phi that is spotty, but I'm not sure how to do that. So you know what I mean. And um, my podcast and another podcast on our network ruffled the spotted feathers, and they banned they they kicked us off of their social platform. Uh, we're back so I'm kind of choosing my words carefully for a little while because I'm pretty sure they're keeping an eye on us but in light of recent events that have occurred in a certain country that is not mine but that contains loved ones that are I feel mine they're within my realm of love um that morning, my voice joined the collective scream that went up. My heart broke and my heart ached with millions of other women. And it still does. And I've had to, for my own um, mental health, I have had to avoid social media. I have had to avoid anything political just to keep my sanity, to be able to process what has occurred. Um, I mean, I have my own feelings, I have my own opinions, but they're mine. They're not anybody else's. And never, in any lifetime, would I ever think that I could impose my choices and my thoughts and my beliefs onto another person. About what to do with their choices and their beliefs and their body. Nope. I don't even do that with my own daughter. And I'm her mother. I raised her. When she wanted to tattoo her body, okay, it's her body. When she wanted to put holes in her body, okay, it's her body. What she choose, and I, I know in light of, of what has happened, tattoos and body piercings are, you know, um, but I would never tell her what she could do with her body because it's her body and she makes choices and decisions that she has to live with for the rest of her life. Just as I make choices and decisions that I have to live with for the rest of my life. Choosing to have a hysterectomy at 35. That was a tough decision. Tough. Horrific. Because that meant that was the end of my childbearing. Period. Even though, at the time, I didn't want any more. I no longer have that option. I know somebody very close to me that if she were to get pregnant, even taking precautions, it can happen. It could kill her. So, yes, my, my, that is all I'm going to say on that. Um, my heart screamed with everybody else. Um... All right, so let's move along, and I'll let you know about my week. My week has kind of been, eh, not bad. Nothing exciting. We did go and see Lightyear this week. Um, if you are a Toy Story fan, if you have been a Toy Story fan, uh, if you've enjoyed the first Toy Story and the second, if you are a Buzz Lightyear fan, you need to go and see Lightyear. It was a really good movie. Um, I did find a lot of it, though, would have been lost on an age younger than, say, 10. Um, although it is a cartoon, or, you know, Pixar, whatever, animated movie, um, I think it was made more for the adults now that were fans of Toy Story then. Because there's a lot of things that a young child the age of six might not understand. Well, probably wouldn't understand. I know for a fact that there were a lot of things in that movie that Dave's youngest daughter just wouldn't... She would have been bored. She wouldn't have been able to follow the nuances and and the subtleties of certain parts of the movie. But it is a great movie. It pulls you right in, and you feel... Like you're sitting in the movie theater with Andy watching this movie take place. And you're like, I want that toy. I want that toy. And then you start to see bits and pieces of the Buzz Lightyear that Andy plays with and why he says certain things and why he does certain things. And, and it's, it's really kind of cool. And the collective gasp that went out of the, through the audience and a little cheer. That went out through the audience when you finally get to see him, you know, open his wings and fly. It was really kind of cool. Um, and I do suggest, if you do go and see it in the movie theaters, well, even if you rent it at home, um, that you wait until the very, 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 very last credit has rolled and there's nothing left. There are no words on the screen. Wait. Just wait. It's worth it. It is worth it. There are three post credit scenes, and they're sprinkled throughout the credits, so you have to wait until the very, very end. We were like the last, we were the last people in the theater to leave the theater, because we waited to make sure we saw everything there was to see. So, yeah, it was really, really good. I really enjoyed the movie, and I highly recommend that, If, like I said, if you were a fan of Toy Story and Toy Story 2, if you were a fan of Buzz Lightyear, this is a good movie to go and see. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a good movie. We we had a lot of fun. And then we went to Denny's for dinner and had me a country fried chicken. Now, I will give Denny's credit because remember I did a podcast a while ago talking about Cracker Barrel and their chicken fried chicken. I get their chicken fried steak. I totally get that. Chicken fried steak. Okay. Chicken fried chicken. What? Why don't you just say fried chicken? We know it's chicken. We know it's fried like chicken. You don't need to say chicken fried chicken. So Denny's doesn't do that. They actually call it country fried chicken. So it is very good and very tasty. And I still think I have leftovers in the fridge. Um, I'm getting braver in the kitchen. I will say, and I'm not. I mean, I, I followed. Um, I made a, a stuffed roast chicken mm-hmm. for dinner. And, you know, because I wanted to do like, I wanted to introduce Dave and, and the kids to my traditional Sunday dinners, what I grew up with, kind of, you know, bring them a little Canada, if you will. And unfortunately, we ended up going, well, not unfortunately, but we ended up going and seeing Lightyear on Sunday, so we had Sunday dinner on Monday. So I got, you know, just a little young utility chicken, which surprisingly had all its pieces. I was, I was impressed. Because utility birds don't, I mean, they're called utility birds for a reason, and they're cheap for a reason, because, you know, sometimes they've got three drumsticks, or four wings, and no drumsticks, or they're missing a wing, or they're, because they're, you know, utility chickens. They're not perfect. Anyway. So, I made up, I was very thrilled to see that finally, The U.S. has, you know, come around. And you can find poultry seasoning now instead of having to make your own. It's great. The last time I was in the States, like numerous, numerous years ago, um, I couldn't find poultry seasoning. I couldn't even sell my soul for poultry seasoning in any store. Uh, The guy at Piggly Wiggly looked at me like I had three heads when I asked him for poultry seasoning, if they would. This stuff you put in stuffing. And he hands me a box of, I don't know what it was, it was... Some kind of stovetop stuffing. I'm like, oh, no, dude. No. (laughs) That's not it. Um, So, yeah, I got poultry seasoning. And my grandfather taught us how to make stuffing. You rip the bread with your hands. I mean, some people need to cut it because it needs to be symmetrically perfect. Whatever. Uh, So you rip the bread with your hands. And you, well, you dry the bread first. The bread has to be stale. Because if you put moist bread into a bird, if you put fresh bread into a bird, then it's already moist and it's not going to soak up the juices of the chicken as it's cooking. And it's not going to flavor your stuffing. So I laid all the bread out, sprinkled all the spices on it, garlic, seasoning salt, a little poultry seasoning onto the bread. So the bread dried. Bread dried out. Tear up the bread. Stale bread is best. So chopped up my onion and chopped up my celery. Now I didn't have sausage, so I couldn't fry up the sausage and put that in. But mixed it all together, shoved it into the bird. Front and back. That bird was stuffed in both orifices. Stuffing was coming out. (laughs) There was so much stuffing. It was coming out. Put it in the oven. And now I did Google... Because I wanted to make sure, because I've never cooked on a gas oven before, so I wanted to make sure, um, I knew the general rule was 15 minutes per pound um, for a chicken, and then if it's stuffed, you add an extra 15 minutes, so um, it ended up, it was like a five pound or six, almost six pound bird, so it went in the oven for two hours. And I, you know, did the butter rub. I massaged the butter. Yep, the bird got a nice massage before he went into the oven. Massaged the butter into the skin so the skin would all brown up nice, be all nice and crispy. And it was really crispy and juicy and tasty and yummy and mmm. Very good. So we had that with mashed potatoes, gravy. I did um, cauliflower and broccoli with a homemade cheese sauce. And it was just like, it wasn't anything fancy. It was a simple melt the cheese, add some milk, throw in some Mrs. Dash, call it good. And it was good. They ate it. There wasn't any leftovers. So it was good. Um, well, then I had leftover chicken. Well, Dave went down sick today with a cold. Well, he went down last night with a cold. And he coughed and snorked and coughed and snorked and cleared his throat all night. And I thought, all right. Well, there's only one thing that's going to cure that. And that's chicken soup. So I had leftover chicken, and I totally channeled my grandma today. My grandma was hanging with me in the kitchen. I've got, like, the 50s, some 50s station, playing on the Alexa in the kitchen. And I'm rocking away, adding, like, I'm not following a recipe. And I am not one, when it comes to, like, stuff like that, to not follow a recipe. Because I will screw it up faster than you can say, oops. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, and I was concerned about the amount of, um, I did actually remember, and I don't even know why I thought to grab it when we were grocery shopping, but I grabbed chicken bouillon. Didn't have time to boil down the bones and make my own chicken broth. I am just not that into the homemade chicken soup aspect of homemade chicken soup. So in went the bouillon and I was concerned about how many I was putting in. And okay, well, you know, whatever. And then I added like four cloves of garlic because garlic will scare a cold out of your body or sweat it out, one of the two. And then of course, you know, powdered garlic because you can never have too much garlic. And then the rest of the seasonings. And then I chopped up the onion, the carrots, the celery, threw that in, threw the chicken in and went, it smells good. And then I tasted it and went, holy crap, I have surprised myself. So I brought him up a bowl. He ate it. He's actually now dressed. So, you know, the power to the chicken. Woo! Way to go, chicken. Um, both the girls ended up having some soup. Zoe, the whole time she, this is yummy. This is yummy. This is yummy. <laughs> I put noodles in it for them. They wanted noodles in it. So I put some noodles in. And the noodles, the no- <laughs> they ended up being, uh, mutant noodles. They're not, like, when they look like, when you buy them, they look like little tiny macaronis. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but apparently when you put them in chicken soup, they grow to be like cannoli size. They're huge, but they're still firm. So it wasn't like they had been in there too long and just got mushy, but it was really good. So I have a big tub of it now in the fridge for, you know, later extras. Because tonight is, is, was supposed to be meatloaf because it's Wednesday. But we didn't have Taco Tuesday last night because I was broken Um, I'm still semi-broken, but I got a good semi-not-hurting sleep, so I'm able to at least push through the pain today. By the end of yesterday, I, I, yeah, my head was on Dave's chest and I was almost pretty much in tears. (laughs) My back hurt that bad. And if you know me, anybody who knows me knows I have a really high pain tolerance. I can put up with a lot of pain before I will admit yeah, you know what? I I'm done. I can't I can't do this anymore. And I reached that point last night. I just I had no more argue in me left. I had no more fight in me left. I had no more will to keep going to push through in me left. And Zoe set me up on the couch with my shiatsu back massager and some cold water. <laughs> She's great for that. <laughs> that's her go-to if you don't can i get you some cold water yes she'll go and get me cold water and her and i sat on the couch and dave went and got dinner i felt really bad too because i'd planned to do taco tuesday and they all love my taco salad and i just i i couldn't i was hanging off the counters trying to finish the laundry that i was doing and you know i'm using him to hold me up (laughs) like no i just i need to go just sit need to be not on my right leg anymore or have it removed. One of the two. Just pull it off like a Barbie leg, put it in the corner for, you know, the time being, and I'll put it back on later. Um, so, yeah, her and I sat on the couch and watched Stranger Things. And I'm pretty sure Dave sat in the kitchen with Lily and Zoe and I sat in the living room. And I'm pretty sure the two of them probably looked at each other and went, what the hell? because we're watching and we're watching and we're all quiet and we're making comments back and forth back and forth and all of a sudden you hear this yes come out of both of us and we're both screaming and cheering and clapping our hands and yeah it was a good moment i'm not giving you any spoilers if you haven't seen all of of stranger things we're only on episode five i think five or six um So I'm not going to give any spoilers, but there will be a moment where your arms will go up in the air and you will be like, yes! That's all I'm going to say. And no, it does not involve Hopper. Anyway. Something else good that we watched this week, too. um, Dave and I decided, because, you know, I'm the nerdy girlfriend. (laughs) I'm a huge Star Wars fan. He is a huge Star Wars fan. And we waited until all of the episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi had come out. Because we knew there was no waiting week to week. It wasn't going to happen. We needed to see them all, one right after another. No waiting. No commercial breaks. Just give me it all. So we started out downstairs and we watched the first three episodes. And after the first one, like the first one kind of, you know it's an hour or a bit long. You feel the length of the first one. And then the pace picks up by the end of the first episode. And the second one is gone in like 15 minutes. Like What the hell? I mean? It's over. We just started. I just got comfortable. Oh no. Well, it was an hour long but it's done. And then the third the same thing. It's like, holy crap. Alright. These are going way too quickly. I'm not happy. <laughs> These are really, really good. Um, and so then we went upstairs and watched the last three in bed and holy, I I can't. Okay. So I was talking to my sister, Crystal, and she was hesitant to watch it because she hasn't watched um, anything other than star Wars, the empire strikes back and return of the Jedi. She has no interest in seeing one, two and three. She has, she did see solo and she enjoyed it. But she had no interest in seeing any of the other movies. None whatsoever. She is an old school 4, 5, and 6. That's it. So I said, no, no, you need to watch it. You don't have to have watched 1, 2, and 3. Or any of the other movies that come after 6. To understand what's going on in Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's like, what do you mean? I said, it starts when Luke and Leia are 10. She's like, oh, yeah. Remember in, um I think it was the first one, Star Wars, where Leia sends the message to in R2-D2 and Luke gets it and it's, help me, Obi-Wan. Well, you obviously, when you see that movie, there you know there is a relationship between Leia and Obi-Wan Kenobi. They know each other from somewhere. This explains that. This explains how that happened. This introduces you to Darth Vader. (laughs) And still, like you get, I mean, okay. So in, I think it was the Empire Strikes Back when Vader dies and you just see him from the head up and you see he's all burnt and bloated and, and weird looking and melted and all of that. And you don't really, they don't really give you an explanation as to why he looks like that. And there are things about Darth Vader. That I did not know. And watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. I went oh. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. There are things about Darth Vader. Other than just one missing hand. That you need to know. Uh, no spoilers. If you haven't watched it. Go watch it. Um, But. To watch him be put into the Vader suit and go from flesh to machine was such an incredible experience as a fan of Darth Vader from the very first 1977 was it 77? 77 Star Wars and Vader first walked across the big screen and I went I want a cape because I think capes are cool I really think they should bring cloaks back It should just be a thing. Cloaks and flowy skirts. Anyway, I digress. Um, That larger-than-life, intimidating, scary man, machine, walk across the stage to see how it's put together, how he becomes part of that entire persona. Is just an incredible experience because you don't get that in any of the other movies. He's just boom, there. He's dressed, you know, and you wonder like, do you have a ballet? Does somebody help you? How do you get everything tied up, snapped on, whatever? Um, but you see it, you see how it's done, and it's incredible. It's really incredible. It was like an amazing, like, I, there's so much in the series that is incredible. But that one scene where they're just, he's getting dressed for the day, (laughs) just blew my mind away. And then they do this comparison, sort of, of, like, it's, it's, if you look deeper into the scene and you've got, okay, spoiler here, if you haven't watched it, stop listening. Okay, so you've got Darth in the water tank, and that's where he is, and that's where he heals. Well, huh? The back to tank. And then, um, Obi-Wan ends up getting injured, uh, very similar to Darth Vader. Well, Darth Vader, he doesn't get injured, okay? It's an intentional injury. <laughs> Darth Vader sets him on fire, sets the ground on fire, and drags him through it. Slowly. Yeah, this is not for um, the little kid Star Wars fan, okay? This is what Star Wars should have been from the beginning. The level of violence, the level of graphics, the level of adult Star Wars. But I don't think it would have appealed to us that are fans now if it had have been that way then. The way it was then is what drew us in. And now we're watching all of the grown-up stuff. Because <laughs> now they're appealing to the original fans. Good move. Anyway. But that whole light and dark, good and bad, tank to tank. Because they're connected. Once they're in that tank, they're connected. Mentally, they're connected. And it's it's an incredible experience. They can feel each other. And they they are aware of each other metaphysically. And even in the tank, Vader is still, Anakin is still taunting his teacher. He's still taunting him. He's still messing with his head. He's already messed with the body. And now that he's, you know, helpless, he's messing with the head. But Obi-Wan being Obi-Wan fights through it. But it's just, it's, it's, it's very comparable to, um, when I was in high school, I went to an alternative. Education school. Really cool. And we went to see the Broadway musical Fire and Ice. And it was the tale between uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and um, uh, that preacher, Jimmy Swagger. Now, in real life, those two people are cousins. And they did a side-by-side. They split the stage in half. And on one side is Jerry Lee Lewis. And he's playing to the crowd. And he's talking to the crowd and he's getting them all worked up and wound up and you know into the rock and roll and then they shut the lights down and they come up on jimmy and there he is and he's preaching and he's getting the crowd worked up and wound up and he's preaching the word of god and they're yeah 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 and then the lights go down and they come back up and it's the same crowd cheering the same sound so they were doing this side-by-side comparison of how similar What they were doing, even though the medium was different, even though one was viewed as, you know, the devil's music and the other was the word of God, how so similar it was. How interchangeable it could be. And that for me was that whole tank scene that they are very different One is on one side, one is on the other side, but they are both very much the same. They are both very much human. Regardless of the force, regardless of what side of the force they're on, they are still very much human. Making human choices with human emotions. That's just what I drew from it. Short five minute scene (laughs) there is a lot that you can pull from Obi-Wan like a lot deeper meaning especially if you are a fan of four five and six because you see how Luke became the Luke that we know when we meet him in Star Wars now when we meet him in Star Wars he's all grown up when you meet him in um Obi-Wan, he's 10. The last time we had seen him was when Amidala gave birth. So we never got to see what he was really like as a child. So you get to see him at 10. You get to see Leia. And you know what? I have to give Disney credit. They got an amazing person to play 10-year-old Leia. Because she had the personality. She had the snark. She had the... The ability to deliver a line just like Carrie Fisher would later on as Princess Leia. It was... My, I know this is not your typical Lupus Bits. It's totally sounding full-on nerdy right now. I don't care. It's my show. <laughs> I can be full-on nerdy if I want to. Um... It was. She was great. She was a great actress. And you could really see how this little Leia would grow up to be General. How she had that fire in her and how she chose at 10 years old how she was going to lead. She made the decision she was going to lead. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She was going to lead. And this is how she was going to do it. When she strapped on that little holster. Oh, I got chills. I tell you, chills. It was great. If Carrie Fisher were alive today, I am pretty sure she would full-on approve of the kid they got to play Leia. Luke didn't have a whole lot of lines. Um, his biggest scene—he was unconscious for most of it. So I don't—I can't speak to his acting ability. Um, but yeah, Leia. I, I'm interested to see, like, if they're going to come out with any other backstories. Like, if they're going to follow Leia, it would be really neat if they followed Leia's life from 10 up to where we meet her in, um, Star Wars. Now, I get it. It's going to be very hard to find somebody that looks enough like Carrie Fisher to pull that off. Um, but you could even stop it at a young Leia, like five years before Star Wars, and it would still work. So, yeah, I think it'd be really cool. I do. Um, oh, cool. All right, I'm stuck on Facebook. I have my page stuck on Facebook because I had, you know, stuff to tell you, and I just had a thing popped up that a bunch of people reacted to something that I posted. Oh my chicken, my beautiful roast chicken, yeah, it was tasty. So, I highly recommend if you haven't seen Obi Wan Kenobi that you watch Obi Wan Kenobi. And this is an unpopular opinion, and I'm going to put it out there because Dave and I both agreed. And yes, I'm dragging him along with me in the unpopular opinion. You and McGregor, I I really wish that if they decide to ever redo four, five, and six, remaster, like redo them exactly the same way as they were done. Unfortunately, they're not going to have Mark Hamill. They're not going to have Harrison Ford. They're not going to have Carrie Fisher, but I would love to see Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan all the way through. He does an incredible job. He is an incredible actor for one. I, I love everything I've ever seen him in. Um, but he really brings Obi-Wan to life for me. He is the epitome of what Obi-Wan Kenobi or Ben is. So, yeah, I, I, I wish they had have had a Ewan McGregor style character back when they did it because the actor that they got to play Obi-Wan Kenobi didn't want to do it. He had to do it because he had bills to pay. And that kind of... Like, at the time, watching it, you think he's very aloof. He's very closed off. He's very cold. Knowing now that he didn't even want to do the role explains it. He wasn't... He was just not giving his best. That's why it was the way it was. So, yeah. Um... I'm finally starting to get the temperatures that I was promised. It's 96 degrees today, which is absolutely lovely. I haven't been outside yet, but I'm sure it's absolutely lovely. I've I've had stuff I had to do today, and with Dave being sick, um, I wanted to finish up the laundry, and I wanted to make some chicken soup, and then I got tacos to make for dinner tonight. Um, And that chicken had to be used up before it went bad. I hate wasting food. Drives me nuts. Um... So, yeah, I haven't been outside yet today, but I did manage to get dressed, so, you know, that's a plus. Because with my back being the way it is, it's kind of, putting kind a of bra on is, like, not an easy thing to do. And unless you're, you don't understand. If you're a guy, you just don't understand. You, you need, it's just, there's just bending and twisting and awfulness that prevails when you have to try and put a bra on. Which is why tons of women at the end of the day like to rip it off, throw it on the floor, and stomp on it. Because you just have some of those days. And I think today, eventually, when I get this thing off me, might be one of them. Um, Canada Day's coming up in three days. And I will be in the States for Canada Day. Which is going to seem very strange. I was in the States like 18 years ago. For two Canada days. But every 48 years of my life, I have been in Canada for Canada Day. We have done something. I have done something. I've gone to the park. I've gone to a friend's and had a big feast and a bonfire and fireworks. Something. I've always done something. And this year, I'm just going to be sitting around doing nothing. Because Dave's working, and it's just going to be me and the kids hanging out. I when I will get Tom's for dinner, so it'll be kind of like celebratory. Woohoo! Canada day, But I won't get fireworks now, mind you. I am also going to be in in the United States for the July Fourth celebrations, so I'm pretty sure somewhere around here, I'll look out the window and I'll see fireworks. So it won't be so bad. Um, It'll just be me and Jay that day because I think Dave's working that day too. Um, And the girls are going with their aunt and their grandma to do July 4th things. Um, So I will get to see uh, fireworks on July 4th. I won't get to see them on the 1st unless, you know, I watch them on the laptop or something. But, yeah, 48 years I have spent in Canada on Canada Day. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of a little weird. It's just going to be a regular, normal, every other day. You know, I, I, there won't be any Canadian flags flying around town. There won't be, you know, um, in the town that I live in, they swap the flowers in the big, huge flower pots up and down the street so that they're red and white. So for Canada Day, the flowers are red and white, and they hang Canada flag banners all up and down the streets, and there's usually the duck parade. (laughs) Um, And then the duck parade, everybody gets like a little rubber duck, and you decorate it up, or do whatever you want to do to paint it, whatever, and you get people to sponsor your duck, and then there's the duck races, where you go upstream, and they drop the ducks, and then they come down the river, the one that runs right behind my apartment, Come down the river and over the falls and whoever makes it to um, the finish line, which is just on the other side of the street from where I live, gets however much money, half of however much money was raised. The other half goes to a local charity. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Last year I went to Crystal's and we had a whole group of people were there we did, like, a huge barbecue in the backyard, and then we had a huge bonfire, and, you know, celebrated, had some alcoholic beverages, and had a good time. Um, and then we saw the fireworks, because people go down to the beach, and they light, light off the fireworks. But yeah, like I said, I will be also in the States on July 4th, and I'm pretty sure, because this is the US of A, that I will be able to look and sit on the balcony and watch fireworks somewhere. Or sit in the backyard with the dog and watch the fireworks in the desert. Um, it'll just be me and Jay and the dog and the cat. So, it'll be fun. Well, Dave will be home by six thirty, seven 7 o'clock, so... It'll be fun. But, uh... I know celebrations and stuff like that are supposed to be for the kids, and the girls are going to have a blast, I'm sure. Um, but, I'm still a big kid at heart. I mean, I own a dinosaur. Okay? <laughs> And Zoe and I were actually talking about starting a TikTok for Littlefoot and seeing, you know, the places Littlefoot goes and the things he gets himself into. Um, I haven't made that a reality yet, because that sounds like a whole lot of work, but we'll see. So, yeah, I did a, her and I are going viral. She's like kind of shocked. We had almost 500 views on our pineapple video. We had seen so many hacks on TikTok for how to open a pineapple without actually having to cut it. You just kind of, like, pull one of the little spiky things out. Um, So we decided pineapple was on sale. We would get a pineapple, and we would try it. And we did, and we got a little bit out. Like, it doesn't come out in the big, long... I don't know how they did that. I think it was pre-cut, whatever. Um, But it still kind of worked. worked. But, yeah, we've got, like, almost 20 hearts and almost 500 views. Somebody has added it to their favorites. (laughs) So, it's like, cool, all right. Because I showed two different techniques in there on how to eat a pineapple. But, yeah, it was fun. And then Zoe, unfortunately, discovered that pineapples will try and eat you first before you can eat them. The acid in a pineapple. A lot of people will say, oh, I can't eat pineapple. It makes my mouth burn. I'm allergic. I'm allergic. I'm allergic. No, you're not. I'll tell you right now. No, you're not. The enzymes in pineapple are designed to try and start to digest you and break you down before you can swallow it, which is why people eat pineapple very quickly and without juice. It's the juices that will get you. Every time. And she's gnawing away on the pineapple and gnawing away on the pineapple and all of a sudden blood. Oh, oh dear. (laughs) The pineapple was fighting back. So she, I went and told her, go brush your teeth, go wash your face, rinse your mouth out, get all the pineapple juice out, you'll be fine. Didn't deter her from eating pineapple because she was back at it the next day. Um, she just eats it now quickly. But we were eating it right off the rind, like right off the pineapple skin, like you would watermelon. So, yeah, I cut it up after that. When we were done, I cut it up and took all the, the outside off, took the, the core out, and put it in a container in the fridge. So, it was really good. But, uh yeah, Um I've also been writing. I I've never, ever, ever been a month ahead on any series that I have ever written for the World of Myth magazine. Never. Ever. Ever. And this is my third series that I have written for the World of Myth magazine. Um, The first one wasn't even supposed to be a series. It just kind of ended up that way. It was supposed to be separate stories. But, is this my third series? No, this is my second series, isn't it? Yeah, it's my second series. It's my second series. But even that, I don't write ahead. I've never written ahead. I sit down, I write what I'm supposed to write, and it's usually like the day that Dave's coding everything is when I write it and get it to him. <laughs> you know, like the day before magazine launches. Um, and I got, I, 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 I did something bad in the chapter that's on the magazine right now. I kind of killed off a character. Um, a main character. Well, I didn't kill him off. I didn't intentionally set out for him to be dead. And now he's dead. And I'm not sure how I'm going to get out of this. But, um, I needed... I felt like this urge to write the aftermath of that action. What happened after. Um... And what happened to Reese after. Because no, I didn't kill off Reese. I can't kill off Reese. She's the main premise for the entire story. If I kill her off, the story's over. So it wasn't Reese. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a pretty negative review from Jenna (laughs) this month. A lot of, what the hell? Because she was really looking forward to seeing the character development and the relationship development between these two people. And I... Kill them. So, yeah. I did a thing. So, I just, I was listening to music and this one song came on and all of a sudden it was, I need to write. I need to go and um, write what happened. Because it's there. I can see it. I can see what she's feeling and where she is. So, I wrote. So, I'm like, a chapter ahead. Um, and it's turning out to be a fairly decent sized book at that too. So I, I might just go with that and just keep writing and see what happens. Um, because I label each chapter and then I just cut and paste it out of the original manuscript into a blank page and then send it off to Dave. But, uh, yeah, when I finish podcasting today, um, the final edits and stuff will be sent over to Dave for an upcoming book that's coming out by Mr. James Bates. I'm excited. Um he's got his ebook coming out soon called The Alien of Orchard Lake, so look for that. Yay, that's another piece of housekeeping, see so tagging it on at the end. <laughs> um yeah, nothing really much has happened this week other than going and seeing Lightyear. Um big things happening in the news like I said, but I've already Told you what I had to say, and there's no more. Because I have to keep the flies that are spotted happy. So, you know. Yeah, there's that. Don't want to get kicked off any platforms. Not for a little while, anyway. You know, we just got back on there, so. Gotta hang on for a little bit. I'm gonna milk it for a while. And I not going to behave, because they're probably going to be listening in. So, you don't want to get too political or. Have an opinion, heaven forbid. Or a strong opinion, for that matter. Um, Because you might get reported. And then you might get banned from whatever social media platform for 24 hours. (sighs) Jeez. Snowflake. Anyway. um, (laughs) I'm just, I'm in a mood today. I don't know. I woke up, I had some really weird dreams last night. I really... Wake up and not even like scary or happy or just, what the hell? When you wake up, you're just like, I, I, I don't know. What did, did I eat something before I went to bed? Did I like swallow my bedtime pills the wrong way and it made my brain short circuit or something? I don't know. They were just, they were weird. Weird, weird, weird. So, yeah. Um, I'm gonna be here for a few more weeks this week like I said this week is gonna be Canada day um I might just do you know <laughs> surrounded by an entire country of foreign people because I don't belong here. <laughs> I'm not an American I'm Canadian um no I can't say that I feel like I belong here i'm I'm made to feel like I belong here so. That's a good thing, and then on the fourth of July, I was like woohoo, yay, celebrating with the entire country <laughs> that I'm in. Um, I got to see my first desert storm. It was I can't even describe the seeing lightning in the desert is such a different experience than at home where. The sky lights up or, you know, you might see a fork here or there, but it kind of disappears into the trees or behind the buildings or whatever. In the desert, there's none of that. You're like, you see, like, straight down. It hits something. You get the full array of bolt from top to almost bottom. And you get the flash in the sky first and then the bolt comes down. It's really, really cool. And then, like, and then the thunder. Now, we, Zoe had asked, how does lightning happen? So, of course, you know, if you know me, you also know that if I'm around children, I tend to try and make every experience a learning experience. If they're going to ask a question, I'm going to try and give them informative information. So we looked it up. And did you know that the thunder happens was it before the lightning yeah thunder happens before lightning but we see it after the lightning because it travels at the speed of sound where lightning travels at the speed of light and that is the fastest thing that there is so thunder happens first and thunder creates the lightning it's kind of cool look it up you'll see um and it kind of comes from the sky and then pulls it up from the ground and they meet It's really neat positive and negative ions so yeah i gave them a science lesson on our way home from the super target <laughs> It's really kind of cool and the thing is is i was learning stuff too and dave was learning stuff like we didn't know i didn't know that that's really cool so we've done that a few times and um it started raining as we were walking across the parking lot and i told Lily like, you know, one of the fun things to do is to go dance in the rain so she like all day, she's looking outside, waiting for it to start raining so that we could go dance in the rain. Well, doesn't it start raining as we're coming out of the, the super target? and We're walking through the parking lot, and Zoe's trying to cover up and run for the car. And Lily looks up at me, and I look down at her, and she's like, "Dancing in the rain?" Oh yeah! So her and I are hand in hand, and we're dancing our way through the parking lot. and She's jumping in the puddles. I'm jumping in the puddles, <laughs> and we're dancing in the rain in the in the parking lot. I did dance with Zoe the other day, too, in public. We were in the Food for Less. And a really good song came on the store speakers. So her and I, Dave's pushing the cart behind us, shaking his head, and her and I are dancing our way down the aisle. (laughs) We were dancing our way around the kitchen earlier today. Um, I don't even know what inspired this song to pop into our heads, but um, Jump the Line by Harry Belafonte. Both came into our heads. So I had the... um, Machine that shall not be named because she'll wake up and say yes. Had her play it, and then I played "Deo," the banana boat song, and you know we're dancing around the kitchen, and Lily's sitting up on the chair, and she's chair dancing, and it was so much fun. It was so cool. It was it was like a TV moment. It was awesome. But yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of a quiet. Well, it's been magazine week, so it's been kind of a crazy week. Magazine's only been out for four days. We're kind of catching our breath and, and getting prepared to do it all over again next month. Um, so yeah, get your submissions in if you've got anything for the magazine. No theme this month. Just, you know, fill those genres and art, art, art. Did I say I want art? Hello, artists. Calling all artists. Don't make me chase you. Cause you know I will. I do. (laughs) I bug you every month. Alright, everybody. I think I'm going to wrap this up. I got stuff to do. You got stuff to do. And we all need to get on with our days. So, I hope you all have a good week. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face and don't lick shit. That seems to be the standard warnings I'm going to give you on every podcast now. I've been doing it for a while. I've dropped the mask one because, you know, everybody's dropped the mask. Nobody wears a mask anymore. And stay out of trouble. And be kind. Please be kind. If you can't be kind, keep scrolling. Keep walking. Don't, don't report somebody. Don't ban somebody. Don't comment on somebody's comment. If you don't like it, just keep on moving. Keep on moving on. That's all you gotta do. Alright, everybody. I will talk to y'all later. Until next week. See ya.